Welcome to another episode of PropCast, a property podcast that aims to educate, inspire, and engage property investors. We are your hosts, Dami Shinobala and Bimbala Osaige. Hi, Bim. Hey, Dam Dam. Hi, Dami. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm cool. Here for another episode. Yup, yup, yup. Yes, yes, yes. We are ready for another episode of PropCast. I'm excited about this one, actually. Yeah. So what's uh, why are you excited about this one? Well, guys, for those that have been following us on Clubhouse, um, we had a session a few weeks back, right, where we talked about, I mean, it was a bit, actually, it was a Q&A session. Yeah. And um, we had a question around leasehold and, and so on and so forth. And we had a our guest was actually in the room on the day and he brilliantly answered the question. We were like, whoa, look at this, look at this. So we managed to get him onto the podcast today. So you know what? I'm just going to go straight ahead and introduce our guest and let's just get started. So welcome, um, Jason Patterson. Jason is with us today as our guest. Welcome, Jason. We're so glad that you, you're here. How are you, Jason? I'm good, thanks. Morning to you all. Thanks for the invite for this podcast. You're <laughs> welcome. Yeah. Welcome. So, I mean, podcast, we talk about all things property, but one of the things that we really love to do is to get other people to come and join us and share their experience, share their strategy, just so that our, our audience can have a wide um, you know, they can benefit from other people's experience, not just Damien and I, <laughs> even though we do quite a bit as well. So today we're just going to be looking and speaking, to, and we're going to be looking at another strategy, one that Damien and I don't actually do much of. And Jason has to tell us all about buying properties with short leases and how do you make property, how do you make money from properties with short leases? You know what I love so much about property is, those deals that people don't want to, like the general masses run away from, that's where the money's hidden. So every time I hear all these creative strategies, especially the ones that most people don't understand or know, I get really excited because I know there's money to be made. Yeah, <laughs> so welcome, Jason. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. Yeah, so like what you were saying, um, whenever there's these kind of strategies, a lot of people run from them. But they don't fully understand it. But once you understand it, then like you said, there's a lot of opportunity to make make some money there and obviously for your portfolio. Yeah. So okay. let's start off by Jason, just in, tell us about yourself, how you got started in properties, uh, when you got started in properties, and then kind of like a short summary before we actually dive into that specific strategy. So how did you get started? When did you get started? Who's Jason Patterson? Tell us a little bit more. Where are you based? Tell us a bit about yourself. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I started in um, 2001. Um, I'm based in North London and I mainly buy um, flats, which are leasehold properties. So I know a lot of people say, oh, we don't really like leasehold properties. We prefer freehold. But, um, because my initial why was to replace my full-time wages with rental income. I mean, at the time, I couldn't afford to purchase houses because the deposit for houses were quite expensive or quite high. So I thought the only way that I could get in was to purchase flats 
and then um, just continued in, in that direction. So, um, but yeah, so back in 2001, that's when I bought my first one. But before that, um, I used to work in Sainsbury's before in um, Camden Town when I was 16 onwards, and I stayed there for 11 years. So um, you started there, you know, at college, in university, and then a lot of people left. As soon as they got their degree or finished uni, they left. Some people stayed for two, three years, but in my mind, I had some form of plan. Um, so I just stayed there for a full 11 years, and it overlapped into my teaching job. Even what, so even while I was still teaching, I was still in Sainsbury's on a Saturday and Sunday, yeah. saving deposits and so forth. People were saying to me, oh, you're silly. Why don't you just leave Sainsbury's? You've got you, you, <laughs> what are you still doing there, stacking shelves and, and pushing trolleys? But in my back of my mind, I had um, a plan, like a long-term plan. Mm. I had to put in the graft initially in order to try and execute that plan. So that's how I started out. Um, yeah, so Sainsbury's for a while. Um, when I got to maybe early 20s, um, like I said, I was still in Sainsbury's and then I started um, a teaching job. But um, I was still living at home as well because teachers' wages are all right, but they're not like amazing. <laughs> <laughs> they're not enough to retire, right? Yeah, yeah, I couldn't afford to move out, so I was still at home. Pay my mum, you know, the simple £50 a month rent. So as long as you got a full-time job, then or two full-time jobs or two one job and one part-time job, then it was fine. The mum was all right. <laughs> so I said, well, just, just, just pay her 50 pounds. If you're not doing anything, the mum will say to you, look, uh, you got to pay extra rent and this and that. So I made sure that I was still working, obviously. <laughs> it's drama. It's drama. <laughs> love it, love it, love yeah. it. <laughs> so one day I was just sitting at work um, in the office after a teaching session, I just said to myself, "Like this is long. I've got to work the next forty to forty-five years before I can retire and and enjoy life and enjoy my pension." Um, I said, "No, nah, there must be a better way of making money legally um, without having to work." Mm-hmm. So in my mind, um, we had I, I thought of a business. Um, and I thought of stocks and shares, and then I thought of property. <laughs> so I thought maybe property might be the way. And then my friend Sean, um, one of my work colleagues, said, yeah, I've just split up with my girlfriend, so I've moved back home. He was older than me. Um, yeah, I've just moved back home. I mean, I rented out my flat in, in Tottenham um, to a tenant, and I'm getting about 600 and something pound a month. I was like, oh, you and your girl split up. Oh, sorry to hear that, sorry to hear that. When he said, oh, yeah, but I rented out my flat, so I was all right. I said, oh, you'll be back home. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So I said, oh, okay, so you're renting out your flat. Um, back then, I didn't know anything, anything. So I asked him, oh, so what, how much did the flat cost? Oh, 52000 I said, oh, you paid 52000 for the flat? So, yeah, no, yeah, but you can get a mortgage on it. I said, what, a mortgage? So, what, what's that? I said, oh, you just put down a small deposit. I mean, after that, you pay the rest off over 25 years. I mean... Um, basically, the tenant's paying for my mortgage and I'm getting extra money on top of it. So I was like, oh, that's a good idea. So that, that resonated with me from then. So the seed was planted. Mm-hmm. And then um, by 24 stroke 25, that's when I said to myself, right, you know what? Um, it's, it's, it's about time I try and move out of mum's house and so forth. But 
I'd done my spreadsheet and if I'd moved out then, I'd have been maybe a hundred pounds, hundred fifty pounds less or down every month. <laughs> yeah, pay the bills, mortgage with the rent, car finance, all that kind of stuff. Not easy out here, man. Yeah, it's not easy. It's not easy. It's not easy. So I said, I don't want to move out. I didn't have to move back in or, or struggle. So I said, you know what? I need to get do something in order to, like, you know, support myself financially. I said, all right. With all that savings that I had from Sainsbury's and so forth, and I just started my teaching job, I said, I said, right, how much is it for a deposit and so forth? So I worked out the math and done the maths, and then I thought, yeah, I'm going to buy my first rental property. So I managed to buy it uh, for 70000 um, with a mortgage, obviously, and then I rented that one out. <clears throat> and that one was making me, I think it was about six twenty or six thirty a month. Wow. So that was good. So I thought, oh, this is this is good. This is almost like a, I don't know, a third to maybe a quarter of my wages. So I said, yeah, you know what? I'm going to try and get more of these. But um, I just bought the first one. I mean, still living at home. I mean, that helped. And then... Um, about 18 months or so later, I was watching the BBC news and then you said, da, new, like, da, 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 da. house prices have risen by 18%. So I was like, oh, that's good. Like, <laughs> it's, it's gone up. So um, I've done some research and I found out that I can take that money out. So it's gone up to maybe that one bedroom flat that I bought for 70,000 went up to maybe I think 120, 130,000 wow. in, in that period of time. So I thought, plus I had my savings, I was working. Um, Still at Sainsbury's, working full time, and doing a little bit of private tuition as well, and I had a rental income. I had like four streams of income coming in, so I saved a bit more. Luckily, I'm then, still living at home, yeah. I'm still living at home, yeah. Right. Oh, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just yeah. thinking about them girls thinking, look at him, he's still living at home. Look at him. <laughs> oh no, there's a red flag. Where does you stop some girls? Oh, I'm still living at home. Oh yeah. It's, it's not a good look for me. <laughs> flag, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a man that knows what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out of focus, out of focus. And then um, I said, you know what? I've done my maths. And then I took out, basically I said, right, I knew I could take out X amount from the property. I think back then I could take out um, 80% worth of the value plus my savings. And then I made a spreadsheet which enabled me to buy three properties in one go. So two of them to rent out and one to live in. And those, again, those were flats. So um, I went down to the agent. Um, this one was Adam Kennedy, which is now called Ellis & Co. Because it got taken over. And the mortgage broker in there said to me, I showed him my spreadsheet. I was like 25 or 26 at the time. He looked at it up. Basically, I walked in there and I said, right, um, hi, I'd like to buy um, three properties. And then they looked at me, <laughs> looked at me thinking, three properties? They're like, are you sure, mate? Are you sure? And then uh, the broker looked at my spreadsheet. He went through it. He said, looked at me and he said, Jason, how old are you? I'm 26. Yeah. Yeah, like most people your age are out there. Popping bottles and you know, girls popping champagne. Exactly, yeah, yeah. I'm still doing that. Don't worry. I just come out. I've got, I've got to be in my spreadsheet that allows for that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I got twice a nice hooked up this Saturday. Got Samantha's on Thursday, and I got N Club on on, on Sunday. So don't worry, I'm still enjoying myself. Still enjoying myself, but I'm going to buy property as well. You know, all the sums and said, yeah, everything adds up. You can buy three properties, two of them to rent out and one of them to to live in. So then he said, who who taught you about all of this? I said, no, no one. I just just, like done my research myself. There was no Facebook back then. No right move, no Zoopla, just looking in newspapers, Enfield Gazette and Enfield Independent and so forth. There's none of that, no social media, because Facebook um, wasn't around in 2003, I think it was, yeah, something like that. Right. So, but, but yeah, so then he said, you know what, I'm going to show you some things. And then, at the time, we had a nice Mercedes outside, I saw this nice Mercedes parked up outside. I said, oh, is that your car? I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to show you how I did it. So he, he, he took me to one of his developments, like a BRRRR. So I buy, refurb, refinance, rent. And mm. Edmonton Green, he said, yeah, look, this is what I'm doing now. Um, I bought it for X amount, and I'm going to basically refurb it and do this and do that. So this is what I've done to get my Mercedes. That Mercedes, I didn't use any of my own money. Um, actually refurbed it. This is a previous property, but he did. Refurbed it, refinanced it, and that bought my Mercedes, and it bought me a nice holiday as well. I was like, oh, that, that's, a, that's a good idea and, and so forth. So cause I didn't know it was called BRRR back then. I just I just learning still. But he took me under his wing for about a month or so, showed me what he was doing and, and, and so forth. And then it, it, um, it was quite good. It was quite good. So going forward with that, um, what AJ taught me, um, he didn't have to do anything. He just gave me mortgages, sold me the properties and so forth. But he showed me like the route and the structure and the way to go. So from then, it gave me like, like a little blueprint of how to move forward. And from now on, because what I normally do, um, I always reach one and teach one. Yeah. So you reach one and you teach one. So every, anyone that I meet going forward, mm. um, always, if possible, we help them out. That's why I'm on Clubhouse and doing podcasts and so forth. Mm. I reach out show them some knowledge or my knowledge, my experience. And then after that, once I think that they're ready, I just say to them, look, I've given you the basics and so forth. Now I want you to go and share that knowledge. Yeah. So you go and reach someone else and you teach someone else now. Share on that knowledge, pass on that knowledge. No point in hoarding it. Yeah? So you always say my philosophy is um, reach one, teach one. And then from then, um, my portfolio just grew. So after about four Properties that became financially independent. Mm. Five properties, because it's roughly about six hundred pound a month. This I was getting. Um, after five properties, I became financial, financially free. So I was able to quit my job because I matched my full time wages. That was my ultimate aim. Wow. And then I thought, you know what? You don't see Richard Branson or Alan Sugar or, or Oprah or Peter Jones from Dragons Den or Bill mm. Patricia. You don't see them guys quitting after they've reached their goal. Plus, I was still young, like under 30. So I said, you know what? I'll keep on going. I'm, I'm going to pretend that, that I'm still the same person and so forth. And then I just kept on growing. And I doubled my full-time wages. And I tripled my full-time wages. And I quadrupled my full-time wages. Wow. And then I thought, you know what? It's, I think it's time to leave. So um, left Sainsbury's um, after maybe after became financially free. and left full-time teaching I mean, I just wanted to property full time um, after that. So, but, but, but yeah, worked out well. I mean, just by chance, 
This was about four or five years ago. Was it? Uh, yeah, about four years ago. Um, I was walking to the gym um, in my local area. Mm. This guy walked past me. I looked at him. I just glanced at him. And so I was like, AJ. He looked back at me. He's like, Jason. Oh, how old are we? This guy I haven't seen for about 15, 18 years, whatever it was, since he gave me yeah. mortgages. I was like, oh, how are you doing? So I was like, yeah, I'm good, thanks, I'm good. I was like, what, what, you live around the area? I remember him saying that, that they lived like in Southgate and so forth, but I wasn't too sure if he still lived there and so forth. So, yeah, yeah, I live in Southgate. So, what about you? So, yeah, I just live right down the road in Winchmore Hill. I was like, oh, yeah, so, yeah, would you catch up for lunch? So we caught up for lunch. And then, so, oh, so how are you doing? I remember when he first came into my office and wanted to buy three properties. I thought, what is this guy doing? What's he on? But uh, <laughs> it's a bit crazy, but, but it worked out. So we just had a chat, chat, chat. And then he said, oh, how many properties you got, you got now? So I told him and so forth. And he's like, Jason, you got more properties than me. So I was like, is it? So I was like, really? Yeah, you got more properties than me now. So I, so I just sat back and I thought, whoa. When I first met him, I only had one. And then because he showed me the way, he was like one of my early like, like mentors in a way or like an idol and then I, I remember seeing a quote um which said work until your idols become your rivals mm. and then now I've, I've got more properties than, than one of my idols so I, I couldn't believe it and I, I live in the same area as him as well which is like a nice like affluent area so back then when I had one I never dreamed of getting to that stage but then you don't really I don't know you don't really I don't know you, 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 it's just weird. He didn't, I didn't expect it. I didn't expect it. And now I've got more than him. So I'm more or less up there on the pedestal now. And then I'm I'm that person that some people maybe go to for advice or look up to and so forth. And then now I'm the new AJ. So I'm going to refer what knowledge I have to those people so they can come up and yeah. help them. That's why I always say teach one, reach one. Yeah. And then one day, hopefully, them guys will be have more properties than me, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Just, just try and teach them at the way forward. Because even some of my students, because I, I, I do a bit of private tuition as well. Um, there's a guy called there's a, a few guys, but the one that stands out more is a guy called Max. I have been teaching him since year six, so he's about ten, yeah, about ten years old roughly, primary school. And then I taught him up to A level, A level maths, which is about seventeen years old. And then he's he's finished his his um, course now. He's at university, about to finish as well, I think. I saw him almost in the same spot. I went to go and watch the England match, England versus Scotland. I'm walking back down the road, almost in the same spot where I saw AJ. He just glanced at me. I glanced at him. I was like, Max, Jason, oh, I haven't seen you for a long time. How are you? Yeah. This guy, yeah, for his, for his A-level maths, we had to do C1, C2, C3, C4, S1, S2, and the modules for A-level maths. Yeah, I've been teaching him from, from, from primary school up to A-level. In four heavy, of his A-level maths exams, he got 100%. Yeah, 100%. Who gets 100% in an A-level maths exam? Oh. <laughs> yeah. oh. Not even 98%, you know, 100% in four of them. I was scratching my head thinking, this guy, I don't even think I can get 100% in the, in the A-level maths exams, let alone not you. So this, the student basically has become the master. So he would be better at maths than me now. <laughs> but but it, 
um, we glanced and we said, yeah, yeah, I've got a new job um, as an investment, or as a trader at this firm. They're starting me off on good wages and so forth. And, you know, I'm hoping to make some good money. And then when the money starts coming in, like I'm coming to you to show me about property investing. So I was like, yeah, yeah, like, whenever you're ready, just just send me a message because we still got um um like contact by WhatsApp. I said, yeah, whenever you're ready, just just come and I help you out. So it's, it's all about trying to help people move forward with their life and schooling them, and then from then they just obviously hopefully become better than you or as or as good as you as in um, whatever you're doing. Yeah. So but I'm, but I'm proud of him. <laughs> like he's done well. He's done well because I could never get 100 percent in it. A-level maths exam. <laughs> he, he set the standard. Set the standard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, um, yeah, the <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I was just buying flats, buying flats, buying flats, because that strategy just worked for me. I know people might say, oh, it's only a little £500 here, £600 here after you pay the mortgage and the service charge. But for me, lots of littles make a lot. Okay. And that's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's how I started out. I mean, that, that method works for me. I mean, because prices are rising bit by bit, I mean, margins are starting to get squeezed a little in your like, chosen area. I thought now, um, and plus I've got flats, and some of the leases were, were being down. But I thought, there's an opportunity here. Because not, not a lot of people um, buy short lease flats. Mm. What they do, cause they're, they're afraid of how much it will cost to extend the lease. That's that's the main issue. I mean, I don't want the hassle with um, the management fees, you know, the service charge and so forth. But um, I'll give you a typical example. Like during lockdown last year, I bought um, three. I completed a one in March, one in April, and one in June mm. um, 2020. Now, two of them were short lease flats. And I'll give you like an example of one of them. And it was one bed flat. And the lease was um, 64 years. 54 years left on it now when um basically the marriage value is at 80 years so anything below 80 years when the value of the flat starts to diminish bit by bit by bit and then you have to pay a bit more of a premium to extend the lease for that particular flat so this one is obviously at 64 years so it's below market value what well, i paid for it so i paid 158,000 for it um a 25 percent deposit um, with a normal normal rate, it's about two point seven nine percent with um, foundation home loans. Um, so fourteen year mortgage, two point seven nine percent, twenty five percent deposit. That's with foundation home loans. So I paid one five eight for it. Um, extending the lease, which I know about the area because it's my my chosen location, so I know roughly how much it will cost locally. Mm-hmm. And the lease is um fifteen thousand plus fees. Because you have to pay your solicitor's fees plus the freeholders' solicitor's fees when yeah. doing this type of transaction. Let's say roughly about a grand, just for this example. So all in was, was about roughly 175. So 158 for the purchase, 15 plus fees for the lease extension comes up to roughly about 175 ish. Mm. That particular end value of that flat is in my chosen area is two, 220,000. So the uplift is roughly about forty to forty-five thousand once you extend the lease. So this strategy is similar to a buy refurb refinance strategy, but another way of doing it is buy extend the lease with rent and then refinance afterwards. So similar sort of strategy to BRRR, yeah. But 
it's a paper version of doing that. So that's what I've doing, been doing a lot of now recently. I mean, obviously, you still got the cash flow there as well. So you can take out maybe 75% of your money. So with that 158, it's roughly about 25% deposit, plus stamp duty, plus solicitors fees and so forth. It's about 60K all in. Mm. When you extend the lease, the uplift is roughly about 45,000. So if you do 45,000 over 60,000, that's that to about 75%. So you roughly take out about 75% of your funds. And then um, you leave 15, sorry, leave um, 15,000 in there with 25%. Yeah. So that's the general concept of buying short-lease properties. So um, in our, our group, the Property 101 group on Clubhouse, there are other ways of doing it where you can buy using bridging finance. Mm. Also with, with Shania's case that, that was on there, she bought using bridging, refinanced it, extended the lease and, and everything. But um, that one was 100% no money down deal. But you've got to put money in in order to get your money out. Yeah, the money out, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so technically it's a no money down deal, but indirectly <laughs> no money down deal, if you know what I mean. There's <laughs> <laughs> so different ways of doing it. But um, there's also a myth that you can't get a mortgage on, on a short lease property, but, but, but you can. So um, I'll tell you my strategy anyway. Like, for example, there's five lenders that I, that I use that will give you a lease, a mortgage on a short lease property. Uh, with these, short lease meaning less than 60, right? Um, less like, than 80. 80. Sorry, eight, less yes. than 80. So if it's less than, if it's like 50 something years. Yeah, or 60 years or 70 years, yeah. Okay, right. Yeah, because most lenders will not lend, well, not most lenders, some lenders will not lend if it's below 80, and some will not lend if it's below 70. And by yeah. if it's below 70, you definitely have to go to a specialist lender. Yeah. Yeah. And these five, there's more, but these five are the ones that I use normally. Um, there's Keystone Mortgages, um, The Mortgage Lender, Kensington, Foundation Home Loans, and Land Bay. So those are the five main mortgage lenders that will lend to you um, if you have a short lease property. Yeah. And short lease is under 70 years. Mm-hmm. Now, with these lenders, um, the mortgage term... At the end of a mortgage term, the lease cannot be less than 50 years. Yeah? So at the end of the mortgage term, the lease cannot be less than 50 years. So for example, with the one that I bought recently, the 158 example, the, the, the lease was 64 years. So they gave me a 13-year mortgage on that one. Yeah? So the lease cannot be lower than 50 years at the end of the mortgage term. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But obviously you can extend... The lease, by either serving a Section 42 notice or you do a voluntary lease extension with the freeholder and you extend it before those 14 years are up. Normally, I've extended it um, just after completion or within the first six months of completion or I get the current vendor to serve a Section 42 notice. Yeah. 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 And then I extend the lease prior to completion and then... Like I did last year, we exchange, extend the lease and complete all in the same day in, in one go. But the different ways of doing it, all different ways of doing it. Mm. But um, yeah, those are the five lenders. And there's also um, in the clubhouse room the other day, um, Kadir, who the mortgage broker, said that there's a new lender, or not, not a new lender, but there's a new product from that lender that will lend on properties down to a 35-year lease. Mm. 
as well. Oh, wow. Exactly. So I think they're entering the market bit by bit. Yeah. Now, I'm, not, I'm not sure what rates they are with those ones, with um, capital home loans, but um, but I reckon it might be slightly higher, but I'm, I'm not sure because I haven't checked. But yeah. with these five that I mentioned, these are normal rates ranging from 2.59% up to maybe 3.19%. So they're normal buy to let rates. And you just put down 25% deposit, which means 75% loan to value. Now, with Kensington, you can also put down 20% deposit, which means it's an 80% loan to value. Wow. So, give you a typical example. With Kensington, um, with a short lease mortgage, um, 75% deposit, sorry, 75% um, loan to value, it's um, 2.99%. Mm-hmm. And if you do an 80, 80% loan to value, um, two year fixed, like, just like the first one, that one's 3.99%. And the arrangement fee is roughly one nine 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 nine, so it's two thousand pounds basically. So, so they, so it's seventy five percent on the current value of the property with the short lease, right? Correct. Yeah, correct. Right. Okay. And then, do you fix those? Are the standard variables? Um, fix them for two years generally. <clears throat> okay, so you really, so sometimes you then do the the uplift after the two years. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Because it won't do it. Um, during the two years, I mean, before six months before, or yeah, six months before you mm. apply for a new mortgage with them, or you start proceeding to, um, to move to another lender. Yes. And, and when you move to another lender, do you then, so whereas, for example, the one you bought last year, uh, where they gave you a 13-year mortgage, when, when you're coming to the end of that initial two years, do you then at that point extend? So now, you know, a 12, it's, there's 12 years left now. Do you now take that up to 25 or do you keep it at 12 years? Yeah, up to 25. So once the lease has been extended, you can either, like you said, stay with the same lender if, if they allow you, or you move to another lender, depending on what, what rates are being offered to you. And it's a new 25-year interest-only mortgage. So it's, it's, it's better that way. So um, like Land Bay, for example, Land Bay... Um, with Lambay, the reason why I didn't go with them, they were going to offer me a 10-year mortgage on that same property. But at the end of the term, they said that we don't have a product switch policy like TMW or Paragon or TSB or so forth. So I'd have to reapply and make a full mortgage application to them again, which is, which is long-winded. So I'd have to do a full mortgage application, get a survey around, um, do, obviously do the survey, Full business fees and so forth, but I said no. Nah, I'd rather go with someone like Foundation Home Loans or the Mortgage Lender or Kensington because their their products are more advanced in terms of like length of time. So, but yeah, so about about eighteen months in. So sometimes some lease extensions take about anything between three months and nine months anyway, depending on who you're dealing with. Oh so, wow, yeah, that so, long. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you don't do it before, like a serving the section 42 notice, if you're dealing with a company, um, they always take ages because they've got a lot of bureaucracy if you go through this department, that department. Mm-hmm. The company owns a freehold, then that, it, it, it takes ages. So, and then you have to get it registered from land registry. <clears throat> That's another thing. So, at the moment, um, I've done a lease extension in, com- completed one in December. I bought the freehold to this one. Um, it's a conversion 
which mm. used to be a house, and then obviously got upstairs and you got the ground floor. Yeah. I bought the um, we bought the freeholds to that building or to that block of flats, and then we gave ourselves um, at least extension to nine nine nine. So that's been that's completed. It's all fine. Sent it off to a solicitor. When he sent it off to um, land registry, but it still hasn't come back yet because of COVID. Yeah, yeah. There's a long, long, long delay of it being registered at the land registry because some people obviously were working from home uh, or limited numbers in the office, two meter distancing. Mm. A massive backlog of of, of um, land registry title and lease lease like extension registrations and so forth. So that's mm. like seven months in, and it still hasn't come back. Everything's been done, it's all signed. Just needs to be registered. I mean, the copy sent back to me and a couple sent to the lender so sometimes it takes a while to do it so yeah, yeah, yeah. so I've got a I've got a potential deal right so I've got mm-hmm. a direct to vendor deal where the it's a converted flat um the flat is now 53 years lease left on it mm-hmm. what would be the best way to do this one all right so you've got two options Doing the normal model or using the normal model, mm-hmm. you could either use bridging <clears throat> or raw cash to purchase that one. Right. Because one of the five lenders that I've mentioned, I don't think they'll give you maybe a two-year or three-year mortgage on that one. Or you go to um, capital home loans via mm-hmm. a broker, and then they can give you, obviously, you have to apply them, and hopefully they, they'll, they'll give you a mortgage on that particular product for maybe 20 to 15 years when yeah. I just on your mortgage. Yeah, so, 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 so I'm not sure what rate that will be, but I'd speak to your broker first. Yeah. yeah. Kadir. Kadir's quite good from our property group. Yeah, yeah. So he knows about the product. And then if it's, if it's, let me just check minus 45. Yeah, so you can probably get maybe, because the lease, the end of the lease, has to be what 35 years. Yes, yeah, so you can maybe get a 17 year, 16 year mortgage on that one with them. Based, yeah, but, but I'm not sure what rate that will be. Mm. Yeah. And then if you're going to purchase that, um, make sure you do your comparables to what end value would be of a flat in that same block or a similar block. Yeah. Because I always look for around 20 to 25% uplift. In the deal. So I know the end. I know one of the other flats on the road have sold for about four, four hundred, four fifty, four. I think between four hundred and four fifty. And the vendor is he just wants out. He is happy to sell that stuff at about two hundred and something thousand. Oh, okay, two hundred k. That's not too bad. Is it, a, is it a one bed or a two bed or? It's a one bed, but a massive flat. In fact, I'm also thinking perhaps even the one bed can. Uh, there are ways to convert into two because it's one of those one bed, massive, massive living room, massive bedroom, mm. separate kitchen type thing. So there, there's potential, but yeah. I mean that's just what that's one strategy on its own. But in terms of just purchasing or acquiring this property uh, with a 53 year lease, you know, just wondering what the best thing would be. Yeah, that might be all right. Um, have you looked at how much it roughly costs to extend the lease, approximately? So I did a quick search on um, the 
leasehold advisory service. Yeah. We're seeing about 50-odd K. 54, okay, it's not too bad then. Yeah. yeah, 54K. And then if you get, um, that means uplift could be anything from about 150, yeah, 150-ish, 140, 130. Yeah, definitely worth it. I mean, you can convert into a two-bed if you want afterwards. Mm. Yeah, it sounds good. That sounds juicy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> definitely worth it, definitely worth it. That sounds juicy. Yeah. It is. It? My, my, well, the thing is, I, I don't know, I think I may have mentioned this to Dami. I was initially going to do like an assisted sale on this one. <clears throat> so the the vendor is currently not in a position to extend or even start the process. So my first strategy was how about I come in with the money to extend. So we extend it. I pay for all the, all the legal fees, the extension fees. And then once we're done, we can sell it at the full market value. We split the, the profit. So that was strategy number one. And then, but he was like, yeah. So I think initially it was like, okay, maybe that's good. And then now it's like, you know, I just want to get rid of this property. I just want rid of it. I just want the cash. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, maybe perhaps I can buy it. So obviously the list entry for me, cash entry for me would have been to just do the lease extension yeah. uh, and do the assisted sale. However, if he doesn't want to go through that process, because of course that process in itself is long. So he's, he would rather just be out of it and not have to wait. So which then means... Do I buy it on the bridge? Do I buy it, try and find the cash and just buy the cash? Can I still, and obviously like you're saying, Jason, maybe get a mortgage uh, and then do the extension myself or get him to start the process. Like, I'm just wondering what would be the best way to to tackle this. But yeah, it, it does sound very juicy. Yeah. So you're looking at around 116K all in and then... That's based what on, deposit and extension, yeah, right? Yeah, based on deposit and, and probably a little bit more because of fees and, and whatnot. But yeah, yeah if, if you're getting it at 200, you're, get, you're almost getting 100% uplift. Well, actually, I doubt he would say it at 200. I think he's going, he's looking at maybe mid, maybe 250. Yeah, I mean, but if you're getting 400 to 450. <laughs> yeah. That's a hundred percent uplift. So it's definitely over the twenty twenty five percent that you would look for, right? I better go back and sweet talk here. Oh, <laughs> That's offer that you wouldn't refuse. <laughs> Live door clinic right here, guys. Live door clinic. <laughs> I mean, Jason, your story is just phenomenal. It's phenomenal. I mean, let's let's just put aside all the value that you've given from a leaseholder extension. But I mean, just the fact that you had a vision, despite the naysayers, despite people maybe, you know, poking fun at you that you were working at Sainsbury's and, you know, you, you have properties and you're working and you're working at Sainsbury's and whatnot. You still you had a focus and you had a vision and you stuck to it. And yeah, as as you said, your idol became your rival in a sense because you, you surpassed you surpassed him. But I think more importantly, you're also reaching back and giving back because someone helped you and uh and you're also doing the same. I think your story has all the elements that we preach here, right, Bim? Uh, yeah. education, mentorship, um, action, you know, um dedication. It's got everything. Delayed gratification. Yeah. yeah. I love it. You know what? Let me let me just confess. The, the first thing that the first thing I took out from your story was one man's misery was Jason's 
Yeah. Like it, took your, it took your friend breaking up with this girl in this state of misery and then it was telling you about how oh, I've moved back home and then my flag goes you know I've rented out my flag and, it, and I make this amount of money and then the penny dropped for you and I was like wow see one man's like in misery but another man's you know like like what I mean what they say every disappointment I mean one person's disappointment you know, could also be another person's blessing but it was it was such a good um it was so good. I, I really, I was like, wow, that, that was inspiring. Yeah. Um, that out of all of that, that's what, I mean, you were able to see the opportunity and then you just ran with it. Um, I love the whole bit about staying at home. Mm. I've got lots of young cousins that are, um, you know, that I'm coaching and mentoring to get into, get on the property ladder. And I keep saying to them, I don't know why you guys are out of your house. Like you need to stay with mom and dad until such a time as you are ready to leave like what is the point of you leaving home because of course everyone wants to live in the city especially especially if you live if you grew up in london you want to straight after uni you don't want to go back home you want to stay in the city with your friends living the life but financially you're probably only going to earn a hundred pounds a month like you are going you it just you're just getting stuck and stock and stock so go back home go and stay with mom and dad <laughs> humble yourself and then you know find your way from then on so i i absolutely love that you shared that and i just hope that anyone who is within that age bracket listens to this and they're inspired to just humble themselves and stay back at home until they're ready to really step out um, and that's what we mean by delayed gratification. There's a time for everything. There is a time for everything, you know, and it's important that we don't try to run before we crawl. You know, you have to do things. And if you do it the right way, you would, you would definitely um, be successful. I was also quite um, inspired by your working, you know, working as a teacher still at Saints region, your Saturdays and Sundays. Do you know what? I remember when I was, um, when I was in my early twenties as well, I, I think it was around the time I was, I wasn't married and I was about to get married and I was working a night. I was working at the police actually then nine to five, but I wanted to transition um, into a different industry. So I, I found a, a weekend job with London underground and with TFL. I took the job and basically what it meant was I would work Monday to Sunday, Monday, like I was working. It didn't really feel like I was working too hard, but it was just something that I I just had the same focus as you did, Jason, where I just knew what I was trying to get. Obviously, I knew about properties then, but I didn't know too much about properties. And I I was just determined that I wasn't, I think also we were preparing for a wedding. I didn't want to have my wedding on credit. I wanted my husband, my husband and I wanted to move into our home as opposed to me moving to his home to his family home or vice versa and it was just going to take a lot of hard work on both sides so I was happy to do that job Monday to Friday in one job Saturday and Sunday in another job you know and you know those are the price um, the sacrifice that you make um, to get what you want and it's only for a short time um, after a while you almost forget about those days where you used to work so many hours so that definitely resonated with me and thanks for sharing that you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, so the best way forward, just get get the foundations there. Mm. I mean, just just move forward. <clears throat> Sorry, because I delayed buying another car for a long time. I just thought I didn't want to be one of those people, you know, like you live in a council house associate or house associate <laughs> in the house. It's your Range Rover. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm thinking, 
it's, it's, it's not me. <laughs> it's not me. I wouldn't have the foundations there. Mm. They didn't want to have, have to give the car back after X amount because they didn't have any money. I wanted to be able to just maintain a certain level of lifestyle. And then, obviously, when I'm ready, I'll buy what I need to buy, whether it's a new house or a new car. But be able to keep it. Because some people can buy it, but it's the maintenance of it afterwards. Yeah. That, 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 that's the main issue. So, but yeah, I just want to have the foundations there. Just build slowly. But my why was just to replace my, my full-time job or my full-time income. That was my main why. And then it just stuck, stuck that way. <clears throat> I do something similar as well um, to yourselves. With, um, I've got vanilla buy to lets. Um, I've got some why I do buy refurb refinance. Some why I do buy reconfigure mm. refinance and rent. So it's mainly four strategies. <clears throat> mainly four strategies. So about lately, I've been just been doing a short list strategy at the moment because, as as you know, not many people like flats anyway. And yeah. then with a short lease, not many, even less people <laughs> like like the flats. So when you're going for these kind of deals, there's not many people that are going in for them. It's like, mm-hmm. like less a competition. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, less competition. So they don't fully understand it. But if you understand how to um, source or work out how much the lease extension will roughly be, how much the end value will be, um, and the legalities of it, then it's a nice little way of uplifting the property value without putting in any work, just by signing a few documents and, and so forth. But yeah, I think, I think that's what I love most about it because mm-hmm. at the moment I do a lot of um developments, refurbishment, and you know that takes time, stress, builder, electrician, <laughs> the council planning officer. There's just so much work that goes into the 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 refurbishment part of the BRR model, mm-hmm. um, and then of course at the end of the day you do all that work and you get the reward. But having to just do this on paper, hey. That's the way forward. Exactly. <laughs> Money on paper. <laughs> on paper. Yeah. That right. is the way forward. So, Jason, I know you said there's less people, there's less competition, but I think now you're going to have Dami and I <laughs> competing. Yeah. And everybody else who's listened to the podcast. And everybody else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think from, you know, I, I think I, I sense a genuinely, um, a genuine, like, Part for teaching anyway so yeah. you're not one of these people yeah. that um you know you find out something and you hoard it all to yourself you know I think you from from your reach one teach one it's evident that sharing is is part of your is part of your value system which is which yeah. is uh you know admirable yeah. actually that is so true uh, yeah I think we really need to celebrate that Jason that is absolutely because on clubhouse I mean, that's where um, I think I've been in the property investing room a few times and I've heard you speak with other people. But I think when you came into our room, you just like literally you were teaching us what to do, telling us the lender, like I had my notepad. I was writing out the like you just had that teaching thing about you. And now it makes sense. It makes sense that you have a teaching background. Plus, you know, sharing is one of your values. So I think that is definitely worth celebrating because one of the things that um, one of the bad rep that black people get um, mm. is that we, we, um, we don't share as much. Um, we want to be like, each person wants to be a success to themselves. And, you know, for me as well, that's one of my, I mean, I totally don't subscribe to that. I do a lot of um, um, 
joint venture teaching people and coaching them because again i i understand the importance of if i'm successful and you're successful and we're both successful life is so much sweeter than if just one person's successful so just really wanted to celebrate that um about you so thank you once again because you definitely did school us right now <laughs> on today's podcast thank you yeah just teach that philosophy remember that yeah so reach right. one teach one yeah same with um, when you're on Clubhouse. In that, on that instance, it's like, reach many, teach many. <laughs> From then, you just share, share the good word of property. Anything you learn, like you said, you just, just try and encourage others or at least give them an option of, of what's available out there. Because some people do like working full-time and everything or, and, and don't mind it. I mean, you can just do property on the side. So you have like a bit of financial backing behind you just in case. Because, um, like I said, another thing back then, um, this was like 2004-ish, when I still living at home, I think um, one of the, we were overstaffed in terms of math teachers, and then government cuts, so they said, right, one of us is going to be made redundant. So I thought, what, that teacher, I thought teachers were in high demand, especially math teachers, how can they get rid of a math teacher? But luckily, again, <laughs> I was still living at home with mum. And then, but there was a guy there called um, one of my work colleagues. He just bought a house, um, just bought a car, baby coming. He's a main breadwinner because his wife was a housewife. So I was thinking, if he, if he gets made redundant and he doesn't find another job soon, he's, mm. finished. he's finished. So I said to myself, no, nah, you can't have um, like companies or organizations um, let let them have your, or control your financial future. Yeah. Because there's uncertainty over your head about you being made redundant. You can't plan for a holiday or plan for a car or plan for a new baby or so forth because you don't know if you're going to have a job or not. So I said, I wanted to try and get as much financial control of my life as I could. So I said, yeah, that gave me even more of a drive to try and get something on the side for myself just in case because I didn't know in a year or two or three, I might have been made redundant. I mean, I would be the one in trouble. You know what I mean? So at least with the properties there, I'd have some backup. Yeah. Buy me some time before I look for another job, if that's what I wanted to do and so forth. So at least try and make your financial future in your own hands rather than someone else's hands. Especially during furlough. During um, COVID, sorry. A lot of people being made redundant, being put on furlough. And after that, being made redundant and all working from home. Like, it's all... Everything's changed, the landscape's changed. Some people had to start, wanted to start your own business because of COVID, they're at home, be made redundant. Um, others made them sit back and reflect because everything just slowed down. Yeah. And they started into cryptocurrencies, dots and shares, analyzing property and think, you know what, I'm going in that direction or a mixture of both. So over COVID, a lot of people started to reflect because yeah. of financial situation from, from work. Because sometimes you think, back then, um, like the parents used to think, oh, you've got a job for life, go and work for the council or NHS or TFL, got a job for life. But that environment is no longer around. No. You're indispensable. Because you might think you're the best employee or top, top performer. No, oh, they can't get rid of me. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm too good. Like, I'm bringing the most money for them or I do the most work for them. And then all it takes is for a new manager to come in, new line manager or <laughs> from, from someone else, someone big, which you never expected. 
when they're restructuring, you have to apply for your for your job. And you know what I mean? So it's all this uncertainty. There's no jobs for life anymore. So no job for life, only certainty you can do is make, if time possible, to make your own financial security for yourself. Yeah. And going forward. And then, because back then I even stopped my pension as well. After the first three, four years, I stopped my pension. Because when some of the pensions, when you put into the pot, and then you expect to get it back in 25, or say 40, 45 years' time, sometimes those companies are not even around. Like Woolworths, VHS. Denims. Yeah, exactly, yeah. All of them companies went under. Denims, is it Denims or no, no, VHS? Yeah, 500 million. Yes, definitely gone. Debenhams is on the way out. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Debenhams, yeah, yeah, BHS, sorry. 500 million deficit in their pension pot. So all of those people that used to work for them and they're paying into their pension, the government will pay some of it for them, but Philip, that, so Philip Green and, and the rest of his crew mm-hmm. just, just rinse that pension pot and move up to Monaco and, and Santa Fe and so forth. All them guys that are meant to be getting their pension that they're paying in for years and years and years and years and years. We're not getting back what they thought they were going to get back. What have we been saying about pensions, Bim? Take control of your money, guys. Don't take let control of your don't cash these, money. Don't let these guys squander your money because you've got no after 50, 60 years of working and then for it to all be squandered and you've got nothing, it's uh yeah, please, please don't don't let it happen. Yeah. Some pensions are all right, but as well, that's another thing. Um that the retirement age is creeping up bit by bit by bit by bit. So effectively what the government's saying is they want you to work until you die. <laughs> yeah. You don't, you don't get your pension. It's, it's, it's crazy. Because I think the men retirement age is at 67 now, I think, or something like that. Yeah. And the women crept up to, I think, 63 or something like that. I'm not even too sure. So every year, every so often, they're just slowly increasing it. Slowly, slowly, slowly. And then people are working until, obviously, they feel that they retire, but then might die before they retire. So I'd rather start earning and enjoying life now. Yep. And trying to wait until 50, 60, 70, 80. But with COVID, I've just seen the amount of people that have just been passing due to COVID-related illnesses or linked to it or so forth. It's just crazy. You think you've got the rest of your life to enjoy it. But sometimes it's not the case. Something may happen. And then, see, see if, if possible, start pulling out your financial future from now and start enjoying it from now. So you start going on, after you've got something behind you, obviously, have a few properties, start going on nice holidays regularly, um, go on experiences that you want to do, like skydiving mm-hmm. or Stonehenge or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. with your family on those kind of trips. And eventually, obviously, buy yourself a nice car or nice house. Don't wait until you're 50 or 60 or 70 because you may not get there. So start enjoying the fruits of the labour from now within reason. Yeah, don't go crazy. <laughs> yeah, don't wait until you're 50 or 60 or 70 because you may not get there. That's, that's yeah. what I found. Unfortunately, life, you may not get there. Yeah, yeah. You're saving up for your old age and you don't reach there. <clears throat> well, Jason, never true word spoken. Mm. Uh, I, I kind of feel like you've you've alluded to it a lot in in your conversations uh in in you know what you've said but um if if you don't have any other questions then uh you know i'd like i'd like to ask jason i i'll use your final question yeah yeah go ahead Amy. 
cool. Um, and this has been such a rich conversation, by the way. So thank you. Um, what has property done for you? What is it? What 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 does it mean to you? For me personally, um, it's given me freedom and time. Because time is one of the few things that you can't get back. No matter what you do, if it's wasted time or productive time, you can't get your time back. So it's just given me that freedom to allow me to do what I want to do. I can go to the gym when I want or go on holiday when I want or, or just spend time with friends and family when I want. So like, basically just to do with time. And I just love the freedom. I love it. Because some people... Um, they might work so much when they don't see their kids growing up because they're doing long hours to try and support the family and so forth. They might miss their school, their, their, their children's school play because they do a shift at work or so forth. But yeah. you have that rental income or that income coming on the side, you can afford to go and see your son or your daughter's school play or go to their, their sports day because can afford not to go to work that day or because you've got probably income coming in more like passive so for me the most valuable part is is the time so yeah. that yeah that income coming in allows you just to have time for yourself your family your loved ones and so forth and then yeah, just to do what you want to do <laughs> basically that's why i love it obviously you get money from it but the time is the most precious thing in life for me and then obviously it's up to you how you use it, but I just want to have that option there. Thank you. Thank you, Jason. Amazing. Wow. What a rich, rich, rich conversation, Bim. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. So if um, people want to get in touch with you, Jason, how can, uh, how can, how can they touch base with you? Oh yeah. So my Instagram is um, J underscore P underscore P underscore 21. Basically, it's J underscore P underscore P underscore 21. I mean, they can just DM me by Instagram. I mean, just I can give them like a free 15-minute call or so forth about property strategies, how to start off, that's what they want to do, um, ways to get into it, or, yeah, just anything property-related what documents you need if you're looking to start off because your credit needs to be obviously in good shape. Um, obviously, three months bank statements, three months wage slips or two years company accounts along with your credit experience report if you're just starting out. But yeah, I can give you advice. Just contact me via Instagram, DM me, and then we can have, just have a chat. I'm loving your Bentley, Jason. Oh yeah, thanks, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> 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 love it love it yeah. <laughs> Wait, which is it the black or the white i just saw another one oh the black one the black one the black yeah, yeah. <laughs> but basically there's another story anyway <laughs> i might go over time a little bit but when i was younger um i used to work i said in sainsbury's in camden town and then sometimes we used to go raving in central london because not too far i mean on a night bus 134 or 135 we used to go down by Marble Arch, like Mayfair, Kensington, Park Lane, and so forth on the night bus. And then you should, you know, when you're on your night bus, are you looking down? I mean, there's with nice cars, and you're thinking, oh, I'd love to be able to afford one of these one day. Like, you must be like super rich, and so forth. But my initial one was um, a BMW. Mm-hmm. Um, 
This was the E forty E forty six back then, or E thirty six seven. I got the E forty six afterwards. So my first initial plan after my fifth or fifth, fifth property, I think, yeah, fourth property, um, I said, you know what, um, I'm going to treat myself. I, I'm going to reward myself. Because, um, it's good to have a bit of leg gratification along the way because you have to treat yourself as well. You can't just like hold the money. Yeah. So I went back down to um, Park Lane in Mayfair to the BMW showroom. Um, and I went in there and I bought my dream car at the time. Um, the BMW convertible um, was at 43 miles on the clock. So that was my first initial aim. So practically almost brand new, like six months old. Yeah. And that was nice. So I just drove out of the showroom, dropped the top. Hmm. Just, like, <laughs> street, just riding through. I was like, yeah, this is so nice. That 27-year-old just driving through. I was like, yeah, this is nice. <laughs> after, that, <laughs> after that, I'm not buying any more cars. Which car is going to last me for a long time? It's going to buy a property, 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 property. And then that's what I did. And then I got to like over over 20. And I said, you know what? I haven't really treated myself for a long time. I bought a new house, which was fine. So that's kind of a treat in a way, in a nice area. But I, I basically, I still got a BM. I still got this BM now. I've had like, like 17 years. Wow. The Bentley as well. So I thought, you know what? It's about time that I change my car and treat myself. Because I was driving up to viewings. And the estate agents were like, James, like, got all these properties. Why don't you change your car? It's, uh, <laughs> oh, it's right. It still works. It still works. Oh, but you know, it's, it's, I like how people are always counting other people's money. Hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so my friends like, James, like, spend some money on yourself. Like, nah, I'm right. I'm happy with this car. You know what I mean? They just went to buy properties. And then when I felt the time was right, I had the house there because I made sure, like I said, there would be living in a council house and having a, a rich car, whatever. So I said, got the house, had the house for quite a few years. And I thought, I just felt within myself, I think it's, it's, I think I've earned it now. So I said to myself, you know what? I've earned it. I'm going to buy myself a new car. So I went, this was just before COVID, or well, about two years before COVID, actually. Um, I was in Jamaica, just lying there, relaxing. It's felt something saying, you know what? It's, I think it's time for me just to buy a new car. So when I come back, um, went to the showroom down in Mayfair. That was another dream to walk into the showroom down Mayfair, Ber- um, Berkeley Square down Mayfair. And then I saw the guy that was on, there's a program on Channel 4, Channel 5 called, um, what was it called? Something Bentley, Ma- Making Bentley or something like that. <laughs> there was a guy in there that was doing the commentary and um, walking around the showroom and blah, blah. That's, that, that's the same guy that, that served me and, and sold me the car. So I took a picture of him and put it on my Instagram as well. But he, he bought me the car. But I walked in there. You know, when you walk in there, sometimes <laughs> you, you get all sorts of people that go in there. Mm-hmm. So in there. Just in my, I was in jeans and a t-shirt anyway. And then, you know, when people look, I think they looked at you and they're sizing you up. They're thinking, is this guy really going to buy a car? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they were signed up for a little bit. But they were polite. He came over and said, oh, how are you, sir? Um, could I offer you some beverages? And I said, yeah, I'll have um, some coffee, please. So I could probably cup coffee and some water. And then, oh, have you seen anything that you like? I said, yeah, I've seen a car that I like. And, blah, blah, blah. and then showed him which one I liked because I was in, in, in the showroom, just on, on the floor, like just there. So I said, I like this one because I've seen it online. 
I said, okay, yeah, that's fine. Uh, talking, talking, talking. So we can take you for a test drive if you want. I said, yeah, yeah. So I gave my driver license and everything just in case for the insurance. And that same day, went for a test drive. Um, it was nice. It was so nice. And everyone just looking at you and you're driving around, sitting <laughs> in a Mayfair park. Thinking, hmm, what does it do? Is he a musician? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> a musician, a footballer. I'm like, no, I'll be to property. <laughs> and then they came back. Um, I said, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to put down the deposit. So I put down my, my deposit. I mean, two, three years later, um, they sorted out the finance. I mean, I came in, passed, like, passed the finance. We've been basically put down the deposit. They've done the finance. I mean, by the time I got back home on the train, the guy phoned me and said, yeah, that, that you passed the finance. Right. So can you come back in either tomorrow or the day after? If I'd known, I'd, I'd just stay in central London. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, oh, I'll come back down in a couple of days' time, sign the contract, and then they prepared it. Um, and two, three days later, after they prepared it, I mean, just got the car and I drove out of the showroom. I said, how, how do you want it to be delivered? Or if you go to the side entrance or the front entrance, and that has to be the front entrance. Has to be the front entrance with the big Ben sign and Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got my friend Frank to video it. I haven't put my video on um on YouTube, but on um sorry on Instagram. I just put the pictures on there. Yeah. <laughs> but the video I'll probably post one day. One day. I really coming out of the Bentley showroom. All these people outside looking, thinking, "Oh, this guy must be rich." And this, standing around looking at normal people, business people in suits, like standing around looking, thinking, "Whoa, probably dreaming as well." I don't know. But it was nice, such a nice feeling. Just to do it, I know that you can afford it and maintain it, and just feel comfortable about. I still still buy more more properties because not going to be stretching me or anything. So what we did as well, it took us. Downstairs to the to the to the Bugatti section. Mm. So, Next go. Next yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I see. Jason in five years saying, "Hmm, I think it's time I trip myself." They so deceive. They so deceive. That's a good salesman. <laughs> yeah. Took some pictures. Well, that's on my Instagram as well. My brother and my best friend was down there. Um, took some pictures with some of the best. Um, Bugatti's down there. One of them was like a million. The other one was one point two million. Oof. And my, one of my friends asked, "Oh, so who was the last person to buy one of these, or who did you sell one to?" And then he said, "Oh, funny enough, and we sold it to a property developer." Oof. So, oh, you're on the right train. Like, you're on the right train. That like, you know what I mean. I'm on the right journey. So I said, "Yeah, maybe one day, one day, one day, one day." Yeah, yeah. But it was inspiring just just to go in there. I don't know. It, it, probably yeah. the best. One of the best days because I've just achieved one of my dreams. Because I used to think that them things are way out of my league. Like that. You couldn't do it. That's mm. Almost impossible. Not impossible, but it's very hard to do. And then I managed to achieve it. But then everyone is, oh, you managed to get a bed. So, yeah. But it's, it's like, it's not, it's not normal, but it's not like a stretch or a challenge kind of thing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's weird. It's weird. Because I think, I don't know. I don't know. It's not. I don't know, it's just, it just feels weird. Because there's a few of us, like, in the Property 101 group, there's my, my, my friend Ricky, who's mm. on there, and the Hulk, he's, he's got the Hulk picture. You've got other people, like, there's uh, my friend um, Armado, you've got Tom, you've got Imam, um, there's Parish. there's about six or seven of us. Yeah. 
kind of like on the same sort of level. So to us, it's kind of kind of normal in a way. To other people, we're probably elevated, but to us, it's just like normal. We've been doing it for like twenty odd years. Yeah, about yeah. time as well. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So we've got nice cars, nice houses, like five figure cash flows coming in every month. Mm. Like it's just normal. It's, it's just standards. We say, we take it for granted, but. I don't know, it's just, it's just weird because we've doing it for years. Other people probably look up to us, but we just see ourselves as just as normal. Yeah. And I guess an, another thing there is you said you've been doing it for years. It's not, it's not something that just happened overnight, yeah. um, which is what people, you know, people look at, maybe look at you and think, yeah, I want to do that tomorrow. But you've been in the game for 20 years, so you've got exactly. to give it that time. Exactly. It takes, they say it takes 15 years to be an overnight success. Oh, yeah. I told them that one recently. <laughs> <laughs> I like, it takes 15 years to be an overnight success. That's it. That's it. That's it. So, oh, yeah. I'm about to be an overnight success. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> no, but, no, Jason, thank you so much. And uh, please, yeah, guys, check, check out his Instagram. Reach out to Jason, as he's mentioned. Um, and yeah, book that 15 minute free call and uh, yeah, to, to tell him you, you heard you heard about him through uh, through pro- uh, podcast. So, Ben, it's been a great one, it has been. Thank you so much, Jason. You're welcome, thanks for having me. It's been- um, yeah, to, to all our listeners, you know, uh, if you found it useful, especially the, the strategy that Jason employs, which is um, uh, how to deal with short leases, do spread the word and share it comment on it and uh let us know how how you know it's gone for you so until next time thank you everyone ciao for now ciao bye guys